When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you don't understand your narrative, it puts you in peril. It starts steering you off course and not allowing you ultimately to feel passion or a drive towards something. Just an innate human desire. Absolutely. And we hear this from guys who've gotten lucky and, and sold a company and then didn't know what to do with themselves, lost that drive. A lot of us just feel work is our drive, but you're not gonna work for your entire life. Right. So it is important to craft a narrative that outlasts just your working career. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. Today, we've got an AOC Toolbox app with AJ and Johnny and myself from The Art of Charm team. We're talking about narrative building, how the stories we tell ourselves and how they either serve us or they don't, how we often spend so much time and effort burying our past that it becomes difficult to come to terms with it, and how to update those stories that need a little maintenance or perhaps even a complete rewrite. So enjoy this episode with AJ, Johnny, and myself from The Art of Charm team. And by the way, if you're new to the show, we'd love to send you some time episodes and the rest of the AOC toolbox. That's where we discuss things like reading body language, having charismatic nonverbal communication, the science of attraction, negotiation techniques, social engineering, networking and influence strategies, mentorship, persuasion tactics, and everything else that we teach here at The Art of Charm. Check that out at theartofcharm.com slash toolbox or in our iPhone app at theartofcharm.com slash iPhone. Also, at theartofcharm.com slash podcast, you can find the full show notes for this and all previous episodes of the show. We're glad to have you with us here today at AOC, so enjoy this latest installment of the AOC Toolbox with AJ, Johnny, and myself. So one of the things that I hear from guys after boot camp that they just love is this narrative building exercise that you guys do, and I wanted to dive into this a little bit because it seems to be extraordinarily powerful in the group setting, and I think there's probably some value here for the casual listener as well to outlining this process and diving in a little bit. Well, we've mentioned in another podcast about the hero's journey, and it's much like that where you have to understand where you've come from and you have to accept those terms. You have to know what habits you're putting into place now to become the person that you wanna be, and then at the end of that voyage, your legacy. So if you make these decisions, you put in these new habits, What does that look like at the end of that journey as your legacy? These three components, the past, the present, and the future, are something that a lot of times we don't think about and we don't even quantify in our lives. And that leads to a sense of aimlessness and hopelessness. The narrative building component allows you to build in willpower and determination towards your goals in life in a very clear way. So we're not just scattered and thinking that we're passionless, but instead we understand exactly where we came from where we are currently and where we're going. And that's why it's such a powerful exercise to go through. And the hero's journey is something that you see in all good movies, stories, religions of this person going out, seeking some knowledge, some truth in himself, and ultimately having some challenges, some temptations, and overcoming them. And through overcoming those challenges, there's a lesson that leads him 
to finding himself, a piece of himself. Well, one of the interesting pieces about the hero's journey is that it's a story that has been told over time. So before there was movies, before there was books, and before there was religion, entertainment had to come from somewhere. And so you may be with your tribe and you're sitting around the fire and you had just eaten. And then one of the stories that would be passed along would be a hero's journey story, which at the end of it would have a lesson for you to learn. And so these stories, they're so deep rooted, they're kind of attached to us in our evolution. It's kind of like a fable that's in our DNA, and I put that in air quotes because obviously we have a lot of scientists listening to the show who cringe when I say things like that. Absolutely. It makes sense, right? So these are the kind of, and that's why I'm thinking of arrested development, and that's why you don't use a one-armed man to teach people a lesson. Well, it's a wonderful idea, and it makes a lot of sense. What was the form of entertainment before all that? It was these stories, and they had to have how to be as you move forward. And it's how we connect as humans. So when people talk about building rapport, it's all along the line of your narrative. How you explain your past, your present, and your future that allows you to be memorable, allows you to engage them on an emotional level. That's how we stand out. So quantifying and understanding what your narrative is, taking those lessons from your past, the habits that you're trying to form in the present, and then the future goals and aspirations, looking at them in a way that allows you mentally to put yourself on the journey so that you are not, as I said, rudderless, going through life not understanding who you are or who you want to become. So why do you think narrative building is so important of an exercise for the, the listeners, Johnny? Well, there is things that happened in your life that you had learned. Because of that, because of what you now believe from what you had learned, you will make decisions and have actions that will go along with what you believe. Your behaviors are going to be gauged by what you believe. So it's important to understand what it is that you do believe. And for a lot of people, what they believe is what they had been told through family, right. through friends. They didn't choose it. It was given to them. And if they didn't think about it, they had just bought into it without asking questions. If you were young and your parents told you something, you're going to listen to them. You're not going to Yeah, you're not going to sit there and go, well, let me test that theory. I mean, even the most rebellious kid has the same program. Is this what we mean when we talk about social programming? Is it in part this, this set of beliefs that dictate our actions? We've always had them, and that's the way we've always done it, and that's why we do it now? Sure, and you can choose that. One of the things that it's important to understand is your parents are liars. Everyone here can remember the first time they caught their parents lying. I'm like, God damn it. Santa Claus, the tooth fairy. That was just the beginning. Absolutely. What's important about that is if you understand that, there's other things that your parents had lied about. And it may not be that they were malicious in that lie. They just didn't know. It was a narrative that they adopted. That could go for generations. And so without challenging or not understanding why, you will be doing things, you'll be compelled to do things and not have an idea why you do them. Right. So it's almost like giving up your free will. Absolutely. These beliefs influence your actions so much. And if you haven't thought about where these beliefs came from, the factual basis behind these beliefs, you can set up an operating system that leads you astray quite easily. Sure. And that's the one of the most important first steps is understanding that these beliefs are under our control. Well, I can give an example from my life of how my past affected the way I did things. So I was born in western Pennsylvania, about 40 minutes southeast of Pittsburgh. And my town 
was established as a mining town in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And my great-great-grandfather worked in those mines. Now, you can imagine what sort of life do you think a miner would have at that time, right? Pretty rough and tough life. Yeah, you're getting up very early. You're coming home after dark. And I had even read some things. They would have to travel on their hands and knees for three miles into the mine before they could even start work. That was just still travel time. And you can imagine the safety regulations weren't, there's none. Well, I mean, even to this day with regulations, there's still mining accidents. Absolutely. And there's no one in this room who will switch jobs with my great grandfather. No. I don't think there's too many people out there in listening land who would do it either. Now, that sort of life, in order for you to survive that sort of life, you have to get tough, right? So your whole mindset is going to be, I need to be tougher than what's going on here. I need to grind this through. If I work my ass off and I grind hard and I keep my nose to the wheel, then I can scrape out an existence for me and my family that was slightly better than where I came from. You know, so my great-grandfather coming from Eastern Europe, you can imagine what his life was like there to where working in that mine in Western Pennsylvania was a dream. It was the American dream. Now, of course, that he's going to tell my grandfather about working hard, being tough, don't take anything for granted, the opportunities that I had now brought to us by working in these mines uh, here and taking our family from Europe into America, and don't ever forget that. Respect That's the that. lesson that was indoctrinated. Uh, absolutely. So then when my dad was young and he was wondering why my grandfather was out working in the factory and why he has to milk cows and stuff before school, right? What's my, what's my grandfather going to tell him? You're lucky to have cows to milk, right? You're lucky to have land that we own that you're working on. So you better not take this for granted. And you better show some respect for And so, of course, my dad takes over that narrative. And what do you think my dad told me when I was complaining about my shitty Atari 2600 video games that I'm playing before school? I'm assuming it's cows and mines. Yeah, right? Do you know what I was doing before school? I wasn't playing video games. I was shoveling shit and feeding cows. And don't you ever forget that. You better not take that for granted. Right. And disrespect what your family has done for you to have video games, whether or not they're shitty or not, to play in the morning. So, of course, I adapt the narrative. I adopt the narrative. So now I have it. And that work ethic, which to me was this metaphorical hammer of tenacity and stubbornness. And if you want something done, you want to go after something, you work hard until you get it. And if you didn't get what you wanted, well, then I guess you were a pussy. You didn't swing the hammer hard enough. You weren't tough enough. You weren't tough enough. Yeah. And that's why you didn't get what you wanted. So then you have to learn how to swing the hammer. And if you do get yourself to be tough, you will find that you can get some of those things through relentless swinging of the hammer. And then you start to think, well, this, the hammer works. But it's the old saying of what got you here won't get you there. Right. Right. And though that hammer of tenacity and stubbornness is, it's not a bad tool. It, it can get you some things. It's just not the only tool. And that lesson that was passed on, you finally took control of that narrative. Absolutely. Your I had, dad had that same choice, but he yeah. didn't take control of that narrative. Absolutely not. He passed it on to me. And I think, you know, it's funny because... When my dad, when he was working in the factory and that factory closed down and he saw himself with children, a divorce, and now being laid off of work, his narrative and his world came crashing down around him. 
Hey, what my dad did, he went back, took his severance, went back to college, got a degree, learned it. There was other ways of going about things and got an IT degree. So we all come to this point of whether or not we're going to buy into the narrative or find another one that suits us, that is more accommodating to success, or we'll forever be the one that we've bought into from whoever gave it to us. That is the start of the hero's journey. It's the exploration of the lesson that was passed on to you, whether it's religion, philosophy, morals, personal history and beliefs. It's that questioning of it starts the exploration. So for most of us, our hero's journey starts through education, going to college, training for a job, seeking knowledge. So that becomes the jump off point for this hero's journey that we've been outlining. When you talk about developing your own narrative, it's actually easiest to get in tune with yourself first before you start running around trying to connect with other people. Absolutely. Which is why this is an exercise in the course, because the greater we understand ourselves, the easier it is to communicate. When we're confused as to who we are or what we want or what we're doing, it's very difficult for us to communicate effectively with other people. Sure. So what we focus on in dealing with our present and figuring out who we are is looking at the past. Where are we coming from? Then sorting out, okay, what do we want to move to? What is this future version of ourselves? And I know for me growing up in college even, I had that future version of myself painted by my family, by my parents. Oh, sure. It wasn't my real future version of myself. And that conflict started to happen as I reached graduate school. Like, is this truly what I want? Is this the future that I had in mind? And that's when I started to reach these questions of like, well, how determined is my future? Does it have to be this way? Starts with looking at your past and then you got to flip it and start looking at your future. The thing that I want to bring up with that is it's kind of hard to see yourself out of it when everyone around you has also bought into the same narrative. Why would you be the one to break out? The, absolutely. The well, here's the rule to that, right? The rule is community creates belief. So the more people that believe something around you, the easier it is for it to be true, so to right, speak. Right, right. No one's showing you the, the red pill. There's another way. There's no red pill laying around. Yeah. So in, in growing up where I did, not only was that idea through my ancestry, it was also in the neighbor kids and the neighbor kids next to them. Right. And their parents. And their parents. It was all because the whole town was in my town. And not only that, when I would turn on the television in my town, the media in that area gave the same story. So for everyone, so why would there be another story other than the one that was given me when everyone seems to have bought into it? And that was the craziest thing for me to accept because indoctrination, whether it be religion or worldview or whatever it might be, indoctrination is a very hard thing to escape if it's all around you because it's the only thing that you will know. Yeah, it's self-reinforcing. Absolutely. Every time you go to someone else in the community and ask a question, you're getting that same response back, that same right. lesson back. Looking at the future and then questioning the future, is this truly what I want, who I want to be? And starting to articulate in your mind who it is that you want to be is the important second step of crafting that narrative so that we're like, okay, I know where I came from. I have some lessons there some lessons that I might want to question, where do I want to go? And how much of where I want to go is determined by other people in my life? Sure. Or is actually determined by what I truly feel desire. After we start to articulate that to ourselves, then we go and look at the present and start defining ourselves 
on building the habits that will move us closer to that end future self. Absolutely. And the one thing about that, this is where the magic happens because everyone wants to know that they can change. Everyone logically knows that it is possible. But when they're indoctrinated or in the middle of it, they see themselves making the same mistakes or the same decisions they're compelled to make because of narrative. So then they feel that it is difficult to make those decisions, right? To, to change those habits. Because of sunk cost or like, hey, I've been doing it this way for so long. Why should I Well, change of course. It? And everything do you know backs up what you've already been told and what you've already been doing. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. So you look like you're crazy if you decide to break out of it because you're basically swimming upstream and why the hell would you ever do that? Well, this is when people write in and talk about how they want to move away or they want to go live into another country for a while. Once you're out of the nest, you will start to see other narratives, other cultures, other people, other worldviews. And it makes things a little bit easier because as long as you're in the nest and you make those efforts to change, yes, people around you will be asking, what are you doing? You can't do that. You're yeah. not allowed to do that. And go to any high school reunion and look at oh, the people my. who have the most changed in terms of their worldviews, attitudes, temperament. They are the people that have left the community for some reason, whether it was an extended period of time, whether it was permanently, but it is breaking out of that sort of cocoon that is a big part of this heroic myth and journey that we're talking about, right? That's why when you think about the classic hero's journey, it is him leaving the village. They're leaving the village in pursuit of something. So in order to make these new habits, let's just say that I have habit A that I've always done and I have habit B, which I'd like to be doing because A hasn't been getting me where I want to go and I know that I have to make a change. So let's just say that in a period of 10 times that you have the opportunity to choose A or B, knowing that B is gets you closer to your goal, A keeps you in the same place. If yesterday you've chose out of 10 times A 10 times, but today you've chose A nine times, you're that 1% better for that day. And what if the next day out of that 10, you've chose B eight times rather than 10? 
you were moving forward. Did you make your goal? Well, no, but you're beginning to. You're moving in the right direction. So you can't get upset with you that you didn't choose B 10 out of 10. That pursuit of perfection. And the second we don't meet this gold standard that we've crafted for ourselves in that future ideal, we then retreat and stick with A. And the important mindset is that B is always going to be more difficult. Your habits that you have are now comfortable. They're easy for you. That's why they're a habit. But to break some of these old habits and start to create new habits, you're going to have to do a little bit of heavy lifting. Absolutely. You don't grow muscle by not moving the muscle. And then, of course, if you have this internal struggle every day to choose B over A, right, what are you going to need to help you in doing that? Positive reinforcement. You're going to need encouragement, support, positive reinforcement. And where does that come from? Where are we going to get that? Your closest friends, family. And you better hope that they're going to be supportive in the changes that you're down to make. Because what if they're not? Then it's time to question the relationship that you've built. Absolutely. Those changes are going to be extremely difficult, if possible at all, in front of a system like that. In front of friends who have no understanding of the change you're trying to craft. And go ahead and tell them that their narrative is wrong, that their worldview is wrong. In terms of this this idea of narrative being three components, past, present, and future, if you think of them when it comes to sharing with other people, it's like layers of an onion, right? The outermost layer of this onion is your past. You'll freely share your past, some experiences with strangers. We're happy to record our past and share it with you guys, sure. the strangers that we haven't met. Your present what your habits are, your structures, your beliefs, what you're focused on right now, that's an inner layer of the onion that you share with far fewer people, right? You're not running around town sharing all of your habits, your beliefs, or even your political views, right? Or your religion. They might be a big part of you reaching that end goal. Absolutely. They're in your tool belt. They're very important to you, but they're not being shared openly. They're not publicly on Facebook for the most part, right? We share with fewer people. It's beliefs, ideas, opinions. All those things make up who you are. As somebody who grew up in a family where my grandfather said, you don't talk about politics or religion at the bar. Your politics or religion are the thoughts, feelings, and beliefs that you're right there, whether it's organized or not. It's like, I don't go into a bar and start yelling what I believe. But yet people seem to want to do that on Facebook. I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) And not understand why it's irritating to everyone else trying to enjoy them. Here's the idea of going, walking to a bar and telling everyone what I believe. And those, if there's anyone in this room that doesn't believe what I believe, then get out of here. Yeah. So I go on Facebook and I go, here's what I believe. And anyone that doesn't believe what I believe. Unfriend. Unfriend. You're blocked. (laughs) Can't do that in real life. So the third part of that narrative is your future. And that is the innermost root of the onion. That part we share really with our best friend, our significant other, because that is all built around your hopes, your dreams, and ultimately your fears. Your fears are driving a lot of your future. So those fears, we know that people can use against us. People can bash our dreams. They can dash our hopes. So we don't share that as openly. When we talk about surrounding ourselves with people that support us on this journey, well, guess what? They have to know you and understand you at all three levels. They have to understand your past, your present, and your future to truly connect with you. So a lot of times we feel unsupported in our journey, and it's because we're not openly sharing these other layers. We're hiding these other layers. We're suppressing them from the people we want to connect with and keeping ourselves from building real rapport. Yeah, for me, when I was younger, 
the things that worked really well from my lying parents were actually pretty good <laughs> advice in retrospect, but it didn't always work out the way they planned. For example, my central sort of character trait was you got to work hard. And if you work hard and you don't take shortcuts and things like that, then you will eventually be rewarded because, you know, employers like that, they're like people who show up on time, sure. keep their head down, work hard, solve the problem, keep on trucking, put in the extra hours. That served me really well. Well, when I was younger, I didn't give a crap. But then when I was in high school, it served me really well because other kids were lazy, so I could outwork them. And then in college, other kids were lazy and I could outwork them. And then in law school, other guys were lazy, so I could outwork them. And then I got to Wall Street and everybody was like, I got here by outworking everyone. And then you can't outwork everybody else who's already trying to outwork everyone. Well, that's what happens on Wall Street. 20-hour workdays, seven days a week. Everyone's, everyone's already busted their ass full time. So what are you going to do? And their natural smarts already, like you've already hit that limit too. Sure. Everybody's naturally smart and everybody's outworking each other. So for me, I was like, oh crap, I'm screwed now. They're going to figure out, speak talking of imposter syndrome, something yeah. we touched on recently. They're going to find out I don't belong here. This is awful. All this hard work for nothing. I can't do it. Whatever, a crimey river. And then this guy who had hired me, his name was Dave. He was never in the office and he was a partner, but he was also one of the youngest partners. So that was confusing for me because we're supposed to bill in six minute increments. And one day I asked him, how come you're a partner, but you're never in the office? You know, do you just work from home a lot? What's the deal? And he said, no, I'm making relationships. That's how I became a partner. I'm bringing in the clients. This is a guy from Brooklyn who had a tan. I always like to say, because if you're from Brooklyn and you have a tan, obviously you know something that other people don't know. Right, right. And it turned out he was more valuable on the golf course, more valuable at his freaking jujitsu dojo or whatever. It was more valuable there than he was in the office billing hours because at that point in time, everybody else was billing hours. So right. I was like, oh my God, there's this secret third path to the top of the law game, which is relationships that has less to do with grinding it out and minding your own business and everything to do with hacking the system. Right, which brings us to a new goal, to be good socializing, to be good with a connector. You have to now leave the nest to figure out those skills to get to this other point, right? Back to the hero's journey. We understand what this narrative is, the three components and how it is wrapped in this idea of a hero's journey. If you don't understand your narrative, it puts you in peril. It Absolutely. starts steering you off course and not allowing you ultimately to feel passion or a drive towards something. Yeah, just an innate floundering. human desire. Absolutely. And we hear this from guys who've gotten lucky and, and sold a company and then didn't know what to do with themselves, lost that drive. A lot of us just feel work is our drive, but you're not gonna work for your entire life. Right. So it is important to craft a narrative that outlasts just your working career. You don't wanna be rudderless after you're done working, but a lot of us use that as a crutch. So if you don't have a personal narrative built around who you were, who you are, who you wanna become, you can feel lost. I feel that a lot of, Young people who have had everything handed to them in life end up in that peril faster than most other people because there was nothing that work part has now been taken away. And the work part is usually what keeps regular folks sane as they shift through life. But then if you take that away, then there's now nothing. Right. It's hard to find any meaning at all. We know that not having a narrative puts us in peril and can lead us astray. So let's start talking about building a narrative for ourselves. All right, so we know that not having 
a proper narrative or blindly accepting the original narrative given to us is not ideal. So what do we do to transition out of that and into something more valuable for us? Well, it's a writing exercise that you're going to have to take some time to put together. The first part of that is going to be your beginning. And you're going to have to be honest with yourself about where you came from and what the narrative of that place, what the community believed what they had put on you may not be what you believe it now, but it was certainly for a while. It was something that you had been given that you had to deal with and a ways to think about that. Think about the ancestry of your town. Think about how it was, was built, the type of people that settled there. If you look at your family's ancestry, what was the work and jobs that seem to be running in your family? That's going to tell you a lot about the lifestyle and worldview that was given to you. Sometimes if it's difficult to see this, right, we're too far in it, it's too close to our own nose, it's interesting to do this after traveling somewhere. Oh, leaving the yes, country, absolutely. immersing yourself in a new environment entirely. And then when you're there or after that experience, asking yourself, okay, where did I come from? What are some traditions, beliefs that have been bestowed on me that obviously other cultures don't abide by? Well, I can say to go along with that, for whatever reason, growing up in this tiny little town of 13,000 people, I thought growing up, I was like, my town's kind of hip. My town's pretty cool. French fries and sandwiches. Yeah, that's a Pittsburgh thing. But if, even my town, like if we were going to go celebrate this week and we're going to the Sizzler, I mean, there's nothing there. But because I'm stuck there, I thought it was special. It was not until I left and was living somewhere else that, and was giving other, exposed to all these other cultures and all these other ideas that I realized just what a one horse, one narrative, one worldview, conservative town that I grew up in. And it totally shifted the way I, I saw it. And it allowed me to be honest about where I had come from in a manner that gave me some perspective on it that I had never had not leaving there. Yeah. And for a lot of us, that happens when we go to college, when we leave the nest, so to speak. Now we're sharing a dorm with people from other countries, other cities, other ethnicities who don't share any of the cultural norms that I share personally. That's when I'm confronted with it. Oh, why is it, right? Being raised Catholic, surrounded by family members, friends, everyone who's Catholic, like, oh, wow, there are other religions. There are people who believe in an entirely different God. When I would meet other people with a different worldview or, or different ideas, my narrative had affected me so much that I would laugh at them thinking, well, that guy's in for a rude awakening. <laughs> it was a good thing that I was born in Greensburg, Pennsylvania, or I'd be fucked. Thinking I was the lucky one. Right. And in actuality, I was the one who was fucked. <laughs> but you have to step outside of that to be able to see it. It's a mind-blowing thing when it dawns on you. The other thing is that the past is filled with pain. The past is filled with trauma and tragedy. In that sense, a lot of us try to hide that pain or not Absolutely. deal with that pain or run from that pain. And we bury our past so deep that we lose sight of where we came from and what were those core lessons and values that we learned out of that tragedy, out of that difficulty. And it is important to realize that your past doesn't define you, no. but it is a part of you. You can't run from it. And if you can take the lessons from the past, that's the most valuable tool you'll have in your tool belt as you move through this journey. Coming to terms with it, gathering the lessons, even when you look back at the pain, 
find a way to spin it so you can get something out of it that moves you forward. It's the best thing that you can do with that. But putting that together is going to give you a great idea of why you've gotten to the place where you have and what you're going to need to do to get to the place that you want to go. That's why putting that pass together is so important. So we've written our pass down. We've gone into detail about some highs and lows and looked at the lessons. And now we have to go to the opposite end and look at future and start thinking about who it is that we want to become and questioning those beliefs as to who it is that we want to become if they are true to ourself or if they have simply been indoctrinated or passed on to us as if that's the only way to succeed which is how a lot of our future is passed on to us, right? Absolutely. You can only be a doctor. You can only be a lawyer. You can only go to graduate school. That's the only way to be a professional to succeed. The funny part about it is that most of this time, the people who are passing us that information aren't actually in any of those professions. They just feel that that is guaranteed success. And as we're seeing for a variety of reasons, right, the global economy is changing, Some of these indoctrinations we've had, these beliefs that have been passed on to us to define our future, don't fit with success, don't fit with who you want to become. Absolutely. We see it over and over again of people who have not chosen their past, took what they had been indoctrinated and now are extremely miserable and moving into depression without an idea of how to escape it. Right. You follow that from point A to point B all the way through and you realize that point B is nothing that you actually wanted or desired, could be crushing. So the earlier you can start defining your narrative, the better. But if you are in that situation where you feel like the future you thought you would have is not what you have, it's important to define the future you want, truthfully, on paper, writing that down. And then the third part of the writing exercise, the final part, is now looking at the present. What can we do in the present to shape our beliefs, create those habits and tools that we need to reach that future. Getting educated on as much experience, world culture, worldviews, other people's narratives, all that's going to play on a role in allowing you to be a better person to figure out what changes you're going to need to make from A to B is going to have to work for you. And that's the amazing thing, right? We're listening to a podcast right now that's being recorded in Denver from some people who have some lessons to share. You can go on YouTube, you can go online and find these perspectives and gain this information and knowledge for free. Which is just amazing. Right. So now we're in a situation where we have an opportunity to find, to seek out all of these tools that are right in front of us and start the implementation process. I know for all of us, there are probably thinkers and people in our lives who upon meeting them challenged our first worldview or narrative. And when thinking about it, realize it's wrong. There's a better one or a more intriguing one or a lesson that you could be picked up there. Changing that, having your worldview blown apart only to have it one come aside where a new one is born and a better one, something that allows you to be so happy moving forward. The last most important component of all of this after you've finished this writing exercise and you understand now those three components of your narrative, building that tribe, that support network of the five people closest to you and building it by sharing appreciation for them 
And it's one of the exercises we do on program is reaching out to people and sharing some appreciation and then allowing them to understand you on all three of those levels. Stop hiding certain parts of your past from the people in your life that matter, the tribe you're building. Stop hiding your hopes and dreams from your best friend or the people that you count on the most. Because the more informed as to your narrative and the more in tune with who you truly are, want to become, they are, the more impactful of a tribe you are able to build. Absolutely. Once you start writing this out and you start to see it for what it is, it can be a bit overwhelming. I know for myself, when I had put that together, it allows me to be surprised how I ended up here, but it was because of all the work that I had to put in and changes that I had to make and worldviews that had to shift and to get to that position. And so when you see your past laid out and you have that emotional charge from it, you know that you're connected to it and you know that you can start making those changes to move into something else. At this point, we understand our past. Three of us came from blue collar families and situations with the auto industry in Michigan and obviously the mining industry in Western Pennsylvania, indoctrinated with some beliefs that led to us wanting to grind things out, grit, hustle, focus on being tougher than the next guy, trying to outsmart people. And that shaped our past. But I want to share a little bit about what we hope the future of the Art of Charm is. It's so funny, you know, if we had done this snapshot five years ago or six years ago, it's changed. So I I do want everyone to understand that it's okay for your future to change and shift. We're not asking you to put this in a stone tablet. It's just a notebook. You can rip that page out and write a new future for yourself. But our future now has really grown, whereas we started this as a company focused on just interpersonal relationships, getting better with the opposite sex. And we've grown ourselves from boys into men almost. And hopefully some of you followed us on that journey. (laughs) And now, you know, the focus on becoming better individuals in society and having a greater impact and a legacy has sort of shifted the view for us, right? At first it was like, we got to launch this podcast. And it's like, well, we got to get this coaching thing going. And now that we've taken a step back from all that, really what our goal is, is to create a movement. Absolutely. Of individuals who are pursuing a better version of themselves with the best knowledge available and the best tools. For each one of us, we've encountered some duds of tools, some tools that absolutely do not work. And we hope to convey the tools that have impacted us in a very strong way to everyone. And it's not just in person. We've been fortunate with the podcast, but growing that into a space where we can communicate through video, audio, and uh, over the web in a way to grow a movement of people who are focused on growth. And it's been so amazing over the 10 years of doing this and people that we've met along the way who just us sharing our journey has impacted them. And that really is the power of sharing your narrative with other people is you can have an impact. You can inspire others. You can become that person that they look up to. Well, just that and a way to collect more and better tools to get to where you want to go by sharing your narrative with other people and vice versa. And the, the last component I know a lot of times from this place of an expert and a coach you're put on such a high pedestal that you're perfect and you're not working on anything and you don't have any bad habits. In reality, we are all right now focused on our present and building those habits that will help us reach more people, create a greater impact. So what are the things in the present that you're working on? Well, I mean, obviously my health is at 43. It's very important to me. And a lot of the decisions that I've made In the last few years of my life, I've been working towards that. So giving up cigarettes, 
working out as during the week, usually four to five days a week, trying to eat better. And those things are when I first made those changes were if I could do that nine times out of 10 this week, then I'm moving in the right direction. And next week, eight times out of 10, I'm moving in the right direction. And that's what it took. And so at this point, I was feeling good on those challenges and continue being 1% better every day. I know for me, as I reached my 30s and lost my dad to some health issues at a younger age than it should have been, health jumped to the forefront for me as well. But also the focus has been on self-discipline and understanding that I didn't exhibit it through high school and college. And I was kind of able to skate by without being disciplined. And now as we're obviously able to interact with and meet very successful people, discipline is such a huge component of that success. Sure. So it's been a real focus of my life in challenging myself to become more disciplined and seeking pursuits that require a mental and a physical discipline to them. Discipline definitely follows. I mean, we all worked out yesterday morning. We all worked out this morning. We're all going to work out tomorrow morning. And it's not just physical skills. I mean, this is I remember when we started this, we'd roll out of bed around whenever the hell we felt like it <laughs> and just kind of do some stuff or not do some stuff and then go. We made a lot of s- excuses, right? Yeah, oh, we're just always. late risers. Oh, you know. Oh, we're night owls. And yeah. then it's like, well, it's eight o'clock and we're watching Netflix and going to sleep or not even Netflix at that point, but we're watching movies and going to bed. We just weren't doing it. And so now, yeah, discipline for sure, physical and, and emotional. And also for me, I'm working a lot on the critical thinking skills that apparently I was taught in law school and just never used and forgot about. Because now the podcast is so large now that we can no longer be like, well, I don't have any responsibility for the content of this thing. Like every expert that comes on, every discussion that happens, people trust us and they trust our opinions and they're following us and they're relying on us. So I have to work on those critical thinking skills. I have to work on the ability to coach and talk to the people that write in and give them good advice and not just like the crappy knee-jerk reaction that I might have had five years ago on the same subject. Sure. In a, a way, sort of become like, I don't want to say reluctant big brother because I enjoy it a lot, but I didn't plan to become like the person who's doling out all this advice. I mean, as AJ, as you know, the show started with us mostly talking about our failures and joking around, not trying to be preaching from the ivory tower how other people should live. And yet now I think we've learned a lot through the past 10 years of teaching others, giving advice, following our own advice or not, and creating a business based on that, that the value there has to be communicated, but it has to be done so responsibly. So I'm working a lot on the skill sets that allow that to happen in a more entertaining way and in a more efficient way, in a more educational way, in a more responsible way. And that includes honing things like presentation skills, critical thinking skills, and things like that along those lines. And those will come, hopefully come into play even more in the future as I actually have kids that are related to me and not just the internet of kids listening to AOC. I would love for everyone listening to download the PDF and do this writing exercise after you finish the podcast, because it has a really profound impact on your life. And studies are showing when you craft a narrative and you understand what the journey is in front of you, you can reach success. Absolutely. And they're seeing it in test scores in students, grade points, and then they're looking at its skills and retention. So understanding this component of building a narrative, I know for some before listening to this might have been very foreign, 
Uh, I would love to see you guys submit the, the PDF over to us and see what journey you are on. From the guys who I know who really enjoy this podcast, and I know there's some big fans out there for Star Wars. I mean, what do you think Star Wars is? It's the hero's journey. You have a hero's journey. You just have to put one together. There's going to be a need or a place that you want to go. There's going to be a journey to get there. It's going to be scary. It's going to be tough. You're going to find some adversity. And if you toil around in that adversity long enough, you'll find what you need to make it to the other side. Having that idea of what that other side is, is important. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, all these stories through time are are the hero's journey. And everyone has a hero's journey inside of them. You just have to put it together. I feel like we have to have a rainbow going across the sky on that note. And that PDF, we can throw that down just to make it super easy. It can be linked in the show notes, but we'll link to these show notes in an easy to find way if you just go to theartofcharm.com slash hero PDF. So the PDF that you'll get, we'll actually throw it right on the page, but you can find that page real easy at theartofcharm.com slash hero PDF, and it'll be linked in right near the player for this episode. Thanks, guys. All right. Great big thank you to AJ, Johnny. They did a great job as usual. I love these Toolbox episodes. And if you enjoyed this, don't forget, you can let us know on Twitter. I'm at The Art of Charm on Twitter. I'd love to hear your number one takeaway from this episode. Remember, you can tap our album art, the little picture of AJ and I, the little cartoon, in most mobile podcast players. You can just touch your phone screen and should pop right up. I'm also on Twitter, and it's a great way to just engage with me there and engage with the show. Our boot camps, our live programs are at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. That's where you can join thousands of other guys who've been through the program. It's a live program in LA. Guys come from all over the world, so I don't want to hear how you live in Chicago and it's too far. You can join their network for life and you can travel around the world and meet people all over the place that have been through the program. A lot of lifelong friendships formed there and the live program is by far and away my favorite part of running AOC. So check that stuff out. We're happy to send you some info if you're just thinking about it a little bit or you're curious, get in touch. You can email me, jordan at theartofcharm.com or go to theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. I also want to encourage you to join us in the AOC challenge at theartofcharm.com slash challenge. You can also text the word charmed to 33444, that's C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444. The challenge is about improving your networking and your connection skills and inspiring those around you to develop a personal and professional relationship with you. We'll also email you our fundamentals toolbox that I mentioned earlier on the show, which includes this episode, and includes some great practical stuff on reading body language, having charismatic nonverbal communication, the science of attraction, negotiation techniques, networking and influence strategies, mentorship, persuasion tactics, and everything else that we teach here at The Art of Charm. I also do regular videos with drills and exercises to help you move forward. It's designed to make you a better networker, a better connector, and a better thinker. That's theartofcharm.com slash challenge or text the word charmed in the U.S. to 33444. For full show notes for this and all previous episodes, head on over to theartofcharm.com slash podcast. This episode of AOC was produced by Jason DeFilippo. Jason Sanderson is our audio engineer and editor, and the show notes on the website are by Robert Fogarty. I'm your host, Jordan Harbinger. Go ahead, tell your friends, because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else either in person or shared on the web. Word of mouth is everything, so stay charming and leave everything and everyone better than you found them.